0: Sorry, I just wanted to check if, because I know you're a big Luca fan and Dallas didn't make the
1: title contenders. And I wanted to see if uh, you were okay with that. Luca is a title contender. And that was very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> and I am an idiot for not calling you out. Pot Pod. Welcome back to the Podchamp pod. Max has a real job. Somehow he's less busy than I am. Therefore, he's kind of carrying the weight right now, putting the Podchamp pod on his shoulders. Today, we're going to work on a segment called Swinging Party, where Max has surveyed the league for the teams that he thinks he can call legitimate title contenders. And he's going to throw some names at me, names of guys that he thinks are going to, be the swing guy on their team this year that'll make the difference between title contention and sort of, I guess, middling playoff status. Max, how are you?
0: I am good. Uh, Ready to dive into some of these swingers. Um, And yeah, I think there's a lot of very interesting teams in the league. It's competitive balance wise, probably the most balanced I can remember it and sort of in the depths of summer uh, lack of content. I feel like this was a good exercise to kind of get our minds geared towards next season a little bit and and start looking for ahead to to what that's going to bring.
1: Yeah, man, I think idle hands or the devil's playthings. Twitter wants me to believe that Jaden McDaniels is a future super duper star, and I'm kind of buying it because mm. I've seen some insane clips of his handle. <laughs> starting to think he's he's underrated after that Rudy Gobert trade talk. Um Precious Achua, I think like I literally have him in my top 20 just just from losing my mind on the internet the last <laughs> few weeks. So, let's get back to real things, re- players that have established themselves or we think might over the course of the next year for the teams that are in the mix. So, yeah. all right, how do you want to do this?
0: yeah, well, I guess um this is kind of the official start of our gradual twenty twenty three season preview um, but we'll be, yeah, we'll have some more stuff rolling out between the uh, top players list that I'm working on, and surely some some things looking ahead to predictions for next year. But just starting with this, I can go team by team uh, through who I think actually has a chance to win the championship next year and identify the one player from each of those that I think has the biggest ceiling basement in terms of if they hit their ceiling, this team's a legit title contender and perhaps even a favorite. And if they hit a very realistic basement, then this team may just fizzle out as like a first round exit or a second round team. So I can just go one by one and get your reactions. And also if you think these teams are worthy title contenders or not. Sound good? Yeah,
1: so you said, I think you said you have eight teams, right? I have eight and then two maybes. So 10 total. All all Max said before this was that he had more than 25% of the league (laughs) circled. So I guessed he meant eight by that. Um, I don't know how the hell he got to 10 or 8.2. All right. Start start with the two maybes.
0: Uh, The two maybes. So I'm going to start with Memphis who I think is a maybe. They were a two seed this year. Um, they kind of started their off season on a bad foot. Uh, no pun intended because Jaron Jackson uh, had a believe a stress fracture in his foot and is probably not going to be ready for the beginning of training camp. Most likely, probably not till around Christmas if they play it conservatively with him as they have in the past. And he is my ceiling basement player for them. I think, The only way that they are a title contender next year, because even though they were a two seed this year, I think with the injuries that were in the West and some of the contenders that are coming back fully loaded, I just don't see that same path to a top two seed that they had last year. So if Jaron Jackson comes back and reaches kind of an all-star caliber that he's displayed in the past, where he's already a defensive player of the year level defender when he's on the court, and then offensively he shows flashes as a shooter and a finisher if he can combine that all into like a true all-star package, I think that is their path to being a true contender next year. And if he doesn't, if the sort of foot injury lingers, I could see them being a first round exit team, or honestly with how strong the West is, if he's out for a really long time, I could see them being a play-in team. So I think he really holds the key to this next season for them. Do you think they're a legitimate title contender or is maybe the right place for them? Or is that even too strong?
1: I think they're right where they belong, but it's a testament to how stacked the league is right now that they're a maybe because they're incredibly talented and I didn't expect them to be in the maybe category. I I, I expected them to be top eight. And then I thought about it for a second once you started and Started counting off some teams and it made sense. Um, I agree with you. Jaron is the biggest ceiling floor guy for them. Um, at the same time, because they're so young. Like I can think of four guys on this team that I might call swing guys. You know, Bain was hampered by injury in the Warriors series, and I feel like we still haven't seen his playoff ceiling, even though I look back at his playoff numbers and they're actually pretty good. I think in that Golden State series, he averaged like 14 and a half on good on efficient shooting, even though it seemed like he was playing on one leg. Uh, obviously jaw is a swing guy in the sense that like, we just need to see if his frenetic style of play can last several playoff series. Uh, or is that going to become a thing with him that he's one of the best players in the league, but he's landing hard and by, you know, game 10 of the playoffs, his body just can't handle that workload. Cause he weighs 170 pounds. Uh, this team is just full of talented youngsters that can look like all NBA players on their night. Uh, And so for that reason, yeah, Jaron, definitely the biggest swing guy because you could tell me he's a hall of famer and I'd say, okay, like I, there's a path to get there as like the second best player in a Memphis team that wins a title at some point. You could also tell me that we look back on him and sort of like the man, that guy was so talented, like prototype could shoot threes, elite rim protector could slide on defense but just never quite put it together. Was injured at the wrong times, so yeah. Uh, the few yeah. it does seem like we got we got Desmond Bain, we got Zaire Williams, we got these guys like these guys that like seem like they have a lot more to give. But Jaron is gonna be sort of make or break this short, medium, long term future for Memphis.
0: Yeah, he sort of falls into the category that a lot of or a few other young players in the league fall into where his specifically his development and trajectory and health over the next few years is going to determine almost directly the overall trajectory of the team based on what you expect to get from everyone else. Like I feel like you kind of know what you're going to get from jaw over the next five years and you kind of know what you're going to get from Bain, although maybe he even continues to improve, but even if he's just what he was last year and sort of marginal improvements on that, you know what that is, is a very solid player. Jaron's the guy who has that legit all-star upside. And I think any universe where next year they're in contention for the title uh, has to involve him achieving that like legit all-star conversation and being like really in the conversation as like a top 30 player in the NBA, which right now he's um, probably closer to around a top 50 player. And it really depends more on his health. And he still also struggles with fouls. So those are all things that he has to try to, I mean, just stay on the court. Cause when he's on the court, his impact is is particularly on defense is really strong.
1: Yeah. And I would also, I feel like the next step for him too, is becoming a 10 rebound guy. Like he has the length and the athleticism and I think the desire he's really physical, but he still hasn't eclipsed six rebounds per game in any season in his career. Obviously Steven Adams was snatching a lot of those boards last year. That was by design, but. Yeah, there, there, there are some some levels for Jaron to hit, and he clearly has the talent to do it. All right, who's who's the other maybe?
0: The other may- maybe is Miami, which might be insulting to Miami. I don't know.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I, I'm insulted on behalf of Miami because I picked them to make the finals this last year, and they almost made me look really smart.
0: Yeah, um, unfortunately for them, uh, I think the they were the number one seed, and the three teams behind them all got a lot better this off season and they lost PJ Tucker, who was a big part of what they did and didn't really replace him with anyone. Um, they're also, I mean, clearly if they acquire Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell, this changes a lot, but as they are currently constituted, I would probably put them fourth in the East. And if Brooklyn stays together, I talent wise, I would probably put them fifth in the East. Um, I guess first But I'll let when, you react but when to that. has
1: talent ever been the decider for Miami? I guess since the Miami thrice.
0: This is true. This is why I gave them the benefit of the doubt and put yeah. them in the
1: maybes. Yeah. I I don't I think that they've earned they've earned uh more than the maybe. I don't know. They don't have Memphis's talent, but it's really hard to imagine the Heat not pushing a, a really good team to seven games in the second round or something like that. Um yeah. Okay, who's your guy here? Because I already, I already have three guys off the top of my head that like I think you can make a really strong argument for being the the swinger.
0: Yeah, I had two. Um, I couldn't decide between the two of them. Tyler Hero is probably the most obvious one because he's their sort of youngest prospect with the largest like growth plate. You can sort of see him improving the most if he kind of improves his efficiency, improves his playmaking, becomes less of an absolute uh, turnstile on defense and he becomes a better husband yeah he he dealt with injuries a lot uh during last year's playoffs and he didn't he wasn't there sort of to finish the end of that Celtics series so I think he really needs to get up to like real fringe all-star status although he got some like all-star votes this year I thought that was a little um that was a lot of that was because of guys that were injured, I think. uh, And also just this weird, like, Oh, we got to put someone from the winning team, which I think is generally a bad way to pick all stars. But yeah, if he can get up to, you know, strong efficiency, one problem with him is his two point percentage has been under 50% uh, for his career. So it'd be huge for his scoring game to take that up a notch. And if he can be like a real, you know, maybe not elite score, but a high level scoring option to complement Jimmy Butler, who has to shoulder so much of the offensive load in the playoffs Um, that I think can kind of boost them. And then another guy who I thought about was Victor Oladipo, who has flashed all-star status in the past and is just coming off a number of, of really debilitating injuries and as a defender looked really strong last year but the offensive game has definitely taken a while to come back. Like his shooting percentages are just atrocious from last year's playoffs. Uh, 27% on threes in the playoffs, 45% on twos, 37% overall. So if he can regain some of his offensive game, that definitely raises their ceiling. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Just like hearing the names out loud, you've sort of talked me off the ledge with Miami. I'm like, I'm like, suddenly I'm like put Memphis in a tier above them because, (laughs) because they don't have that flash that, that like, Pop, um, at least on offense, the, uh, to, to hang with some of the higher powered teams in the league. But, you know, back to Hero. I think I've been thinking a lot about how he's in a pretty awkward spot as an asset right now in the league Um, where like the heat want to believe that he can be the poster boy in a package for a Mitchell or a Durant. When obviously those teams are not going to see him as enough because he hasn't really developed the last couple of years. Like at least the heat hoped he would after that bubble playoff run. Um, And I think one of the, one of the things that has really become clear to me the last few weeks of Durant trade talks of Mitchell trade talks is like, if you have one of these stars and you're trading for a mega package, you either want all the picks or you want a guy who hasn't shown you yet that he can't be the one on, on, on a, on a really competitive team. And so like, you can say like, yeah, Scotty Barnes hasn't really done anything yet. He was an awesome rookie, but like, he's not as good as Jalen Brown and like, it would be great if Scotty Barnes ends up as good as Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown has kind of shown us like there's a, like really high likelihood he is a number two on a on an amazing team. It's hard to see him scaling up to number one. Uh the ball handling, he's he's better as an ancillary attacker. Um, like Scotty just has shown us a million things and he hasn't, and, and we have no proof that he can't be that guy. You know, guys like Mobley, Anthony Edwards, like you gotta take a chance on the guys that um uh, that just haven't haven't we can't write them off yet as potential leaders um on, on a really, really strong team. And Tyler Harrow is a hundred percent proven that he can't be that guy. Um, and his ceiling isn't anywhere near those names that I just mentioned. Yeah. And I think for that reason, like the heat just need him to rebound and, um, to get back to, I think what they thought he was going to be a year or two ago, because he did not, he just wasn't much of a threat in the playoffs this year after having a really good regular season. And, It's hard to see him being a major rim threat because he's sort of um, an average athlete, not super long. He's going to have to just be like a lights out shooter, savvy mid range guy, uh, you know, make all the free throws he gets because there won't be many of them. Uh, You know, he's going to have to move really well off the ball and kind of just be like a smart Steph Curry, like defender because he's been a real minus on that end and he's been called out by the front office for it because they value that And so much and that the toughness that he doesn't really bring to that side of the floor. Point being, yeah, like I I think like they're not going to be able to trade Tyler Harrow for the guy that they want that will kind of like get them into firmly into that tier above the maybes. Yeah. And for that reason, like they 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 just better hope that like his intangibles, which by all accounts are really good, like kind of vault him into uh the next tier of guys that he that he hasn't been quite able to break through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and this is why Miami and Memphis are in the maybes because, I don't know, I don't feel particularly good about either of those swings uh, going their way, at least next season. Maybe, I mean, down the line for Memphis, sure, but next season, I don't really see it, and I'd probably rank them ninth and 10th in my power rankings of title contenders for next year uh, based on that.
1: Jimmy's a year older. You know, I don't know what he is now. Is he going to be 33 this year or something like that? Um, Bam has stalled. As an offensive player, I feel like just like he, you know he's he's still elite defensively, but is he the can he be your second best offensive guy? if your first is Jimmy, who's amazing, but maybe you know, he's not Luca. Uh, yep. so yeah, a lot of questions there. I, I see how you got them in the maybes all right. let's let's, let's, let's get to the get real to the ones. Bon- let's get to the bona fides. who's who's D- the yes. last team in your in your contender tier?
0: okay. we can just quickly touch on Phoenix uh, they might not be the last team in my contender tier but uh, I think they are the ultimate like no swinger team they're just really high floor I think relatively low ceiling for a title contender you kind of know what you're going to get from everyone um, like I don't see Devin Booker making the jump from like a top 15 player to like a true top six or seven player like it just doesn't seem likely to me Chris Paul is is still dealing with aging, although he seems at least in the regular season to be able to push that off every year. DeAndre Ayton, that whole situation is kind of weird. Obviously, if they trade for Kevin Durant, this is all different, but it, that seems increasingly unlikely. So not I happening. Put, I put nobody for title swingers for Phoenix, um, but you, I think you still have to give them the respect of like an actual title contender since they did win sixty games last year. They've got the same team. They were kind of everyone's favorite going into the playoffs, and just some whatever weird behind the scenes stuff, as well as Luka Doncic's individual brilliance, led to them just crumbling. So
1: yeah, yeah. Do you have anything
0: on them? We can just be real maybe quick on them. maybe
1: uh, this might be a cop out, but I like for me the swing with them is is like the chemistry, the inter the interpersonal situation. How do you bounce back from that embarrassing night? on a global stage is that going to break them do they are they going to come back behind really strong veteran leadership and mental toughness and prove that that was like just a nightmare that is behind them um or are they going to be like sort of like the Blake Griffin CP Clippers like where it's yeah. just like there's been trauma and it, and there's no getting past it even though they're really talented. Uh, I mean, they were
0: making yeah. comparisons. I don't know if they themselves were making comparisons, but I was hearing comparisons of like 2014 Spurs with, with how like well their machine was running and they had, you know, it wasn't just the debilitating loss they had in game seven last year, blowing the two Oh lead in the finals against the bucks and losing two of those games kind of at the last second, just on like Herculean plays from Giannis and drew holiday. Uh, that was like a huge gut punch. And then to come back with the focus to like win all those games in the regular season seem like they had it figured out and then just completely blow it against a Dallas team that really, I don't think is like, you know, it, it probably didn't have the talent of like a legit title contender. Um. So
1: yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, they, it's, they, it's, they had me, they had me picking Dallas in seven in the, in the Western conference finals. That's yeah. That's how good I thought Phoenix was.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and, and Lucas like... sna-
1: Luca snatched their souls, and then the Warriors made them look young and not ready. Yeah, yeah.
0: They got 3-0 on them, didn't they?
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man. I think that's kind of the swing. Is it Monty Williams? It's It's just like, what does that trauma do to this team? Does it propel them? Are they now stunted? Because last year was the year. And I guess, you know, we can talk about Bridges because Luca, like he does with everybody, made Bridges look like, you know, a non-All-NBA defender in in that series. That's just what Luca does. And so obviously people are going to be pretty harsh with Bridges. Um, Can he give them more on offense? Can he, you know, look like a defensive player of the year candidate against pretty much anyone else? Um, can he continue to get better? Maybe, maybe Aiden, you know, like, yeah, I was gonna like, say, because he's saying to the press that, you know, he's the, the kind of like the past is behind them, and he's excited to be there. But is he? Or is that what his agents telling him to say? Does he yeah. just want peace before he's on the move? Once he's eligible to be traded? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of yeah, the same say Phoenix.
0: Maybe the swing guy is Aiden, if if he like sort of elevates his scoring game and sort yeah. of becomes more aggressive, but it just doesn't seem like that's the way they want to play. Like, it doesn't seem like they want to throw the ball into him yeah. 10 times a game. Um, and that's, I think, where a lot of that friction seems to, or at least whatever, what's reported as friction seems to come from. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Phoenix. I see you. I think you'll be a very good regular season team. You'll probably be a top four seed again. But uh, for that reason, and with the success you've had in the past, I'm going to put them as a legit contender, but I think that while their floor is very high, uh, their ceiling is relatively low. Yeah. All right, on to the more exciting ones. Uh, actually, one more one that's less exciting, I think, is the Clippers. I don't think they really have a title swinger, it's just is Kawhi healthy or not. Because if Kawhi's healthy, he is absolutely a number one on a championship team. He can carry you there, he's done it before. And they're so deep, like if one of their guys in their rotation doesn't hit, they have another guy ready to step in. Like if Covington's bad, they have Powell and Marcus Morris ready to step in or Kennard, um, Batum, all these interchangeable parts. It's really just going to come down to if Kawhi's healthy or not.
1: Yep. We can talk about John Wall. We can talk about like Terrence Mann taking a step, but you're right. Yeah. it. it if Kawhi's Kawhi, they're without a doubt a contender. So I I, right. I like that take. Let's
0: get to the actually interesting ones. Um, I'm going to start with the guy who made me think of this exercise in the first place, which is Michael Woo! Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Um, he I think might be the ultimate swing guy over the next several years in the NBA. Uh, I believe Zach Lowe has referred to him as one of the most important players in the NBA. Especially
1: uh, with the emergence of monkey pox. If there's another vaccination cycle, <laughs> that man will not be allowed to play basketball games.
0: So, the Denver Nuggets are – I'm certainly going to have my eye on them next year and going to be wanting to watch as many games as possible. They've got Jamal Murray coming back, and I am factoring in that I expect him to mostly be himself after maybe an adjustment period at the beginning of the year. ACLs now with with modern medicine are – you know, people come back and are pretty much the same yep. player afterwards as long as it's one injury. Um, so, Michael Porter, Jr., Basically, the question is, is he still on a star track in the 2020, 2021 season? He was an absolutely elite shooter. He wasn't just a good shooter. He was 44 percent from three on high volume, true shooting of 66 percent, which is 10 points above league average, 63 percent on twos like there's nothing on offense where he's not uh, efficient and elite, elite doesn't have elite efficiency, except maybe turnovers. But as a scorer, he can just cut, spot up, and sleepwalk his way otherwise and do it in 20 points. Offensive rebound, everything. And he's a perfect fit with Jokic for that reason. And in the brief glimpse we saw of Murray, Porter, Jokic, and Aaron Gordon when they traded for him, they were an absolutely blistering team. Since then, Jokic, I think, has gotten significantly better, particularly as a defender and at hunting his own shot. And they've added other pieces from KCP, who's going to help their defense. Bruce Brown is going to help their defense and their bench. And I think it's all going to come down to if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy or not, because if he is healthy and resumes his high efficiency, three point shooting, cutting general offensive uh, dynamism,
1: they're going to outscore everyone.
0: They're probably, I think they'll have the best offense in the league. And if, as long as their defense is, you know, passable, which the additions of KCP and Brown as long as well with uh, Jokic's improvements should help that Um, this team's going to be really good. And last time we saw those three guys together, they beat the Clippers and they went to the conference finals where they lost to the Lakers in a somewhat competitive series. So.
1: Yeah. I'll never forget because I dove really deep on the 2018 draft. You know, I remember talking to you before I did the Knicks have nine is when they took is when they talk, Mr. Knox. Uh, That is correct. (laughs) I remember obviously like, Nobody hated the Knox pick at the time, but we don't need to, we don't need to open up that can of worms. I, mm-hmm. I remember you saying, you know, if they take Michael Porter, I can live with it because yes. he's, he, he, he was, he is who we thought he was. He was the best player in his high school class, talent off the charts, like T-Mac shot making ability Oh, maybe that's disrespectful, but he's crazy. He's a crazy scorer. Um, And, you know, he goes 14 just because the x-rays are scary and we don't know if his body can hold up, but you know, I, he would have been, he would have been a good Nick. All right. Yeah. yeah. I've not, I've nothing to add on, on the nuggets. Who you got next? Next, I have Brooklyn who might be the
0: ultimate ceiling basement team in the league because they might have a big one of Ben Simmons next year, or they might have a big three of Kevin Durant, (laughs) Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. The ceiling is the floor. Exactly. Um, This is like the the Grand Canyon um, of ceiling basements. So, And my guy for them, it's fairly obvious, but it's Ben Simmons. Um, All the noise has been about Brooklyn blowing up, but if they don't, uh, they do actually have kind of a great-looking team on paper uh, between Ben Simmons, who didn't play at all last year, Joe Harris, who barely played, like a lineup of Kyrie, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant is like kind of pretty crazy. Uh, That's four elite three-point shooters with Simmons, who is elite at finding three-point shooters and is an elite defender himself, Um, certainly a small backcourt between Kyrie and Curry, but you have to think that the sort of three-point shooting there would, would make up for some of the deficiencies on the defensive end. And, If he just kind of embraces his, like the things that he's good at, defending the other team's best player, running in transition, finding shooters, finishing, he's, he can fit perfectly. And if he doesn't, then uh, they'll probably blow up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, um, okay. I totally agree on Simmons. Uh, He's the, he's the first name for sure. Just want to, just want to throw some, uh, some, some Cam Thomas love out there. Mm -hmm. I said in our flag planting episode that I don't expect anything to happen. I actually think somehow we're going to start this season with Kyrie and KD on the nets. So so far so good. If I'm wrong and and they're somehow able to get Kyrie for anything, whether it's the Lakers or somewhere else that hasn't emerged yet as as a rumor. They're gonna need some some guard scoring and some pop, at least off the bench. And I and I still think Cam Thomas is gonna average 18 to 20 points at some po- at some time in this league. I just like absolutely love the way he attacks the rim. I like his 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 strength and his just general shot making fire. So Cam Thomas, if we get to the point where Ben Simmons is an asset, a playoff asset, hard to believe, but it could happen. And the Nets are, are in the mix. I think Cam Thomas could become a pool-esque scoring swing guy for the Nets. And that is definitely not super likely, but it's I just want I just want to plant it here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just don't ask him about passing. All right. Neither of us pays for Zoom plus whatever the premium service is called. So we are back from our 40 minute cutoff. We just did the Nets what mostly Ben Simmons, a tiny sprinkling of Cam Thomas BS on my part. Who's who's after the Nets? Cause it's no fun talking about the Nets.
0: Yeah. Um, we talked about Miami and how losing PJ Tucker could be a big blow for them. And I think he is the swing piece in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, and I think the Sixers are a true title contender next year. Uh, when we did our exercise last playoffs going through what we called the roll call all the role players on the teams in the second round I think we had Philly at the bottom pretty decisively they just didn't have a functional supporting cast last year and between the additions of Melton Daniel House and I think most importantly P.J. Tucker they should be able to paper over some of those holes where you don't have you know eighth and ninth men trying to masquerade as fifth and sixth men and I mean, PJ Tucker, all he's done the past few years is bounce around from conference finals team to finals team to conference finals team. He is proven to to be impactful in the playoffs, a career 36.5% three-point shooter. Last year, 41.5%. The year before that, 33%. So a little bit depends on where he's going to fall in that range. But providing a real 3 and D player, a two-way player in their starting lineup, And perhaps even being able to play some backup center, which historically has been just a train wreck for the Sixers uh, whenever Embiid goes off the floor. So if he can paper over some of those holes and sort of instill a general sense of competitiveness and fire in that team, I mean, Embiid's good enough that he should be able to to get you through the playoffs if he can just stay healthy. So
1: this, this is the first one that I feels that feels like the wrong choice for me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, whatever, I can I can give you the boring PJ Tucker's 37 turns 38 on Cinco de Mayo of 2023. Um, And like if he's your swing guy, then I think that maybe you've got some problems. Just he's great. But but the way that you could be right is that like he changes the culture of this team that just looked soft and and very on Miami-ish in the playoffs last year and as like Miami kind of exposed their lack of fight um at least and and so it's like the swing guy has to be for me like Harden or Maxi, Maxi who could become an all-star like he has that le- amount of talent and Harden who could become an all-star in the playoffs cuz I don't think he, he's been one in a very long time um Harden Harden is the most obvious one for me, just because okay, he took less money, but it's it, it won't matter unless he plays like he should in the playoffs and unless he is willing to play hard even when he's having one of his two for thirteens and create for others. Is is he gonna get some pop back? Is he gonna have some pep in his step this year? Or is he just on an athletic decline? Yeah. Just like, just like you said about Kawhi on the Clippers. Like, yes, on the Clippers, we could have talked about Batum. We could have talked about Terrence Mann. We could have talked about John Wall. But it's the stars that dictate these playoff runs uh, 99% of the time. And so for that reason, what James Harden are we getting? That's the swing that I'm most focused on in Philadelphia.
0: That's fair. Honestly, the thing I'm most excited about with P.J. Tucker is someone who's a historic Uh, Sixers apologist and just loves to fall in love with the Sixers every season. Um, I do think the idea of him playing backup five could be really big for them. Uh, Everyone or sort of cites that Toronto series a few years ago where Embiid didn't even play that well. He was dealing with some sort of illness or injury, but they were plus a decisive amount, like 40 or something with him on the court and then minus like 60 in the I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was plus a lot in the minutes he was on the court and then minus by slightly more in the minutes that he was off the court. So if they can sort of create some weird Harden ball, second unit when Embiid is off the court that has Tucker at center and just five guys spaced out, maybe that can help offset the, just the disasters, the disaster minutes, which are usually there. But I mean, I agree. Harden's probably the obvious choice and, It seems unrealistic to think he can return to MVP form, but if he can just be like, you know, a a clear top 15 to 20 player, which would be a huge improvement from what he was uh, for a lot of last year, then certainly that helps nudge them up closer to, to real title contention.
1: Yeah. Says a lot about PJ Tucker's will and modern sports medicine that he's in the conversation here. At 37, a 6'5", perspective, (laughs) backup center for a contender. Okay. Next, next I've got
0: the runner-ups from this year, the Boston Celtics. Um, And I think it's Malcolm Brogdon, and it's pretty much all health dependent because he has not played more than 64 games in a season since his rookie year. These are his games played in the after he played 75 games his rookie year. Since then, he's played 48, 64, 54, 56, and 36 out of 82. So,
1: yeah, in, in the same vein as MPJ, another guy who had supposedly terrifying pre draft medicals. Um, uh, he doesn't have MPJ's talent, but he had the same scary medical report going into his draft. And yeah, and it, and it, and it's made a lot of sense the last few years. When he's on the floor, he's great. Yeah, a Really good and, two-way player. You can see how he fits into that thick 6'5", 6'6", Celtics mold. And um, if he's healthy, like it's really easy to imagine him putting them over the top because they're already there. Okay, um, agree on Brogdon, but can we talk about Jalen Brown? Because one because- more thing
0: on Brogdon because I think he can sort of be like, like you saw how well Derek White fit into their team when he went yeah. there. And he can kind of be like a supercharged version of Derek White. Um, and basically the only thing the Celtics were missing last year was, uh, or, or were, decision-making, like having another reliable playmaker, um, limiting turnovers, and having a more reliable true eight-man rotation rather than kind of a shaky six or seven, was what what they had by the end of the playoffs. Yeah. And he just slots in immediately as like a very competent,
1: yeah.
0: high-end rotation guy. Kind of stabilizing force because they don't really have a true point guard on their roster. Apologies to Marcus Smart. And yeah, if he if he's healthy, he can fill all those holes for sure. But yeah, Jalen Brown, go.
1: No, no disagreement on Brogdon. Like he healthy Malcolm Brogdon fits on 30 NBA teams because he's good on ball, good off ball, strong defender at a few positions. Um, but but Jalen Brown quickly, uh, I don't know what the hell that the Celtics are doing. I cannot believe that they finally found some harmony, some stability with that young core and, and, and just like blew. They, I think they blew everything up just by making like one call or by letting it leak that they were, that they were, that they made an offer. Yeah. I can't believe they did it. Not because it isn't worth thinking about trading for Kevin Durant, but I would never do it if I were Boston. Um, Unless you have real Intel that Jalen Brown like wants to be the guy or wants to get out of Boston because he's been dangled in trade talks, seemingly his whole career, right. um, maybe Boston knows that he wants out at the end of this like contract that he has a couple more years left on because he's already like entering the extension now, yeah, but man. Like he's the swing guy in the sense that, like, I would completely understand if he's like, "Fuck this team, man." Like I was the best player, you know, maybe not. But I was the best player on our playoff run.
0: I think he was the best player in the finals.
1: He was a, yeah. Team. Best player in the finals. I finally sort of uh, like proved myself as an all-star, bona fide, two-way playoff wing. And I'm still in talks for like the latest disgruntled superstar. So I don't know that could, that could, they, right. They might've screwed with the Zen that, that they seem to have found late in this, yeah. in, in the past season. And I don't know. I don't know Is if, you know, because I don't think they're going to trade for Kevin Durant. It's just like hard for me to get there psychologically. And so yeah. Jalen Brown's going back to Boston and he's feeling disrespected. And yeah. I don't know what that'll mean for, I don't know what it'll mean for their team.
0: Yeah. Unless they can convince him that like the Nets leaked it and we were never actually seriously thinking about trading you or whatever. But I must say as a Knicks fan, it, it Made me smile a little bit when I was like, oh, could this Kevin Durant thing blow up both the Nets and the Celtics? That would be kind of a nice outcome for me.
1: Yeah, I I, I just like, I'm not even sure I would trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant straight up. Maybe it's because KD has all the years left. But like, I can't get those images of round one this year out of my head. I don't care that KD had no help. He quit on that team in round one. Yeah. And... Yeah, and so I, I just think that any any tra- any Jalen Brown for KD trade, the Celtics would be losing, and they might have lost a trade that didn't even happen now by pissing off a guy who played his tail off for them all year, and like the city has embraced. And yeah, uh, that that'll be interesting to follow. Uh, okay, yeah, Boston. I would
0: just like to get it on the record that I probably would still trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant straight up, but we can do a full Kevin Durant discussion yes. whenever we get to uh, my. Player it really rankings. comes
1: down. It really comes down to like, do you think? that Jalen Brown is, is re-signing. Um, but yeah, on the same contract, I think I'd rather have Jalen Brown because <laughs> like people are just penciling in KD as like a top five player in the league for the next couple of years. He's 34. Yeah. Not like, I mean- like most guys are not LeBron James. Like there's a good chance that KD, with his injury history I don't know. I I I don't want to look like an idiot again because I was so worried about him post Achilles, and he came back and lit yeah. shit up and was the best player in a series with Giannis. So I don't want to get too crazy, but I I just can't believe some of the packages I hear. You know, KD is um is is, is I guess um is is demanding from other teams, or the, or the Nets are demanding for KD. Um, and I guess I just need to remind myself that he's a top ten, top twelve player ever, and he has four more years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And we will certainly be doing more Kevin Durant talk as the, as the off season goes on, but um, all right, I've got two teams left for, yeah. for title swingers. And I'm going to start with the less interesting one, which is Milwaukee. Uh, a large part of them, I think is health. Uh, Cause I think if Chris Middleton was healthy, they would have made the finals last year and quite possibly would have won. And, but picking one guy, I do think Joe Ingles could be kind of a swing guy for them. If he can just get healthy off of that ACL, which at his age is no guarantee. Um, I think a big sort of underrated part of them losing to Boston last year was that they had no lineup flexibility. They, because they let PJ Tucker go who has come up a lot in this discussion Um, they were forced to go big, like no matter what they had to have one of Lopez or Bobby Portis on the court at all times, which contrasting with their title run, uh, they were closing finals games with Giannis at center and PJ Tucker at the four. And that's just not a look that they had last year. Now Ingles is a very different player from PJ Tucker. I'm not sure if he can play the four next to Giannis, but he at least gives them like another sort of interchangeable wing and another ball handler playmaker and shooter to just kind of give bud more options to play around with when it comes to lineups just because i felt like they really got boxed in last playoffs in a way that um like a title contender i think should have a little bit more flexibility than that so i'm thinking that if ingles is healthy he can he can help with that and his shooting and playmaking at the very least will will give them sort of another look that they, that they haven't had, and they won't be relying on Grayson Allen to make, you know, corner threes. They really struggled to shoot around Giannis in that Boston series. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my only concern would be that like at the end of his stint in Utah, he Ingles seemed to age out a little bit out of, of that demanding two-way role, like creating a lot for them on offense, kind of feeling some of the lack of point guard they had while he was there. Um, and then he just had a really rough injury. So hopefully, like, with smaller responsibilities in Milwaukee, he can he can be that, like, really smart um, two-way contributor. I, I don't have any qualms with that pick. I think there's so much stability in Milwaukee. Like, can Wes Matthews be the same defender he was in the playoffs for them last year? But there are a lot of sure things on this team, and I think that's why it'll be, like, They'll, they'll, you can sleep well picking Milwaukee to go deep into the playoffs again. They have the best player in the league, and a lot of guys that have that have pulled up their big boy pants in the playoffs and yeah. still had a lot of confidence in Bud.
0: Yeah, I mean for his basement, I said he might just not be a valuable NBA player anymore as someone with already questionable athleticism coming yeah. off an ACL at age thirty four. But yeah, if I had to pick someone, I would pick him.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah. My
0: last title swinger. Um, For the Golden State Warriors, which I think is the, counting the two maybes, the 10th and final team that I think can win the NBA championship next year.
1: All right. Let's hear its it. I'm thinking this guy's going to be under 23.
0: No, I went, uh, I think I might have gone disappointingly obvious for this one, but I went with Clay Thompson. Um, Yeah, that was the other one. (laughs) Because obviously they can win the title with him playing at the level he played at last season because they did it. But if he's going to be at that level, I think they are sort of in the pack with the Clippers and the Nuggets and the Celtics and the Bucks as sort of like those high level title contenders, but by no means like a clear favorite. However, if he can get back to some version of what he was before his injuries, even if he's not all the way to like a top 25 player, top 20 player, if he's just like a clear top 40 player or even top 30 player, That, I think, vaults them. And if he can regain consistency more, because last year he would so often go from shooting like two of 13 from three in one game or for a few game stretch, kind of averaging around that and then going up to like 10 of 14 or seven of 11. He just had these wild swings. So if he can get a little bit more consistency and get back to that level, then I think they become a clear favorite with the depth that they have. As opposed to just sort of being in the pack as I see them right now, in the pack of contenders.
1: I did think that like athletically Clay looked better as the playoffs went on. I think that's really promising. Because yeah. like you're 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 like, if you're if you're your positive self-talk here is like he's he's on his way back. You know, he's 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 on an upward trend. He's not he's not really old yet. Like is he's he's slowly getting back from a couple really traumatic injuries. Um i think that you could i I like the clay pick i think you could also go with sort of like a three-headed youngster package of wiseman moody kumenga like just one of them become like a key rotation guy because i think Mm -hmm. there's a good chance two of them do this year all three of those guys are really talented and like the franchise seems to love all all of them um this has to be the year that they deploy kumenga as like you know like guard someone who's really athletic and then like cut and dunk and rebound and do all the nitty-gritty things on offense that are more finessey offensive stars, uh, don't do as much. And then for Moody, like he just seems to have some, some, some three and D pop. Uh, he doesn't need to create much off the dribble. Just make your threes and, and play some stout defense. Uh Wiseman, I feel like the marginal gain is a little bit less there because. Yeah because Looney has become so important to this team and he's such a smart post defender, they don't need Wiseman, but hell, a couple of years ago, Wiseman was seen as like sort of a DeAndre Jordan floor uh, with his crazy frame and athleticism and hands and the lob threat, the way he runs the floor. So like, yeah, can one of those three youngsters that they see as like sort of their future core and pool, can one of those guys just like take a massive step? Because if they're if, it, if those are like their free agent signings, obviously they got DiVincenzo. We should mention that name because he's one of my favorite players in the league, and he, you know, Zach Lowe's talked a lot about how disgustingly well he's going to fit in with that free flowing offense. Um, okay. It just they have a lot of guys that didn't help them win last year's title that are ready to play big minutes this year, and that's really scary. And that's why I can't argue with you having him at number one. Yeah, and then Chenzo Kuminga, Moody, Wiseman. Like a couple of those guys are going to be awesome for them this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And they just picked up Jamichael Green on a minimum deal like he can slide in and play some 4 or 5 for them with, like another stretch yeah. option like They're They are a better they have roster, a lot of guys.
1: They are yeah. a bet. They are definitely a better roster. And like Staff could even take like a 2% step down and and they still might be a better team because they got so they 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 got so much better this year i feel like this is like this is an off season where they where their their roll call took real steps yeah i i really hoped even chenzo can stay healthy on this team because yeah he is a seamless fit
0: yeah a couple more points on clay i think with some of the dynamic offenses in the west it'll certainly be helpful if he can get back to close to that sort of really high level defense yeah and when you think about playing a team like the clippers you're going to need interchangeable wings to throw at Kawhi and pg and having someone beyond that you can really trust beyond just wiggins and draymond to also be able to throw at them with clay is good um if you think about playing the grizzlies if he can sort of deal with jaw a little bit because they're guard defenders especially without gary payton um are yeah. aren't quite where they were before and then also if he's better on d i think that allows them to experiment more with the vaunted death pool lineup which was the talk yeah. of the NBA for about four playoff games before uh it started getting exposed on defense a lot because pool and clay weren't quite at the level that they needed to be but if he can get back to like a higher level then maybe that allows them to experiment more where they only really have one weak link in that lineup as opposed to two
1: yeah and also like pool's really young and they have amazing defensive development on that team you know like maybe pool can get to just below average or average you know he's 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 a he's a fine athlete he's not small um there's no reason that pool should be a defensive disaster like that's all just like know-how effort so uh yeah maybe maybe pool gets to a point where kirk can feel okay about him on an island with a decent perimeter score yeah all right. Thank you, Max, for carrying the show. Um, our hope is to continue to do some fun off-season stuff since we love like these big-picture questions. And um, like Max said at the start, he's been working on his like top 50 list, which he does in his mom's basement every summer. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, see you next time.